I understand what that song means now. I gotta go back and listen to that song. See, I ain't understand the song. We sing songs, don't even understand. I'm telling you, Zion is calling hit different when you actually move into a higher place. It hit different. We exalt the hit different when you actually exalt God. Real Church Matters. We talk Real Church Matters because Real Church Matters. Forest, of course, you know that. And I'm here with Felicia once again. Felicia, how are you doing? I'm doing great. You're doing great? That's good to hear. That's good to hear. We'll get into the other stuff in a second. Housekeeping. Realchurchmatters.com is the website. Of course, I want you to share it with people. I want you to listen for yourself. I want you to write a review. I want you to tell somebody else about it. After you told somebody about it, tell somebody else. Listen as much as you can. I understand that people are busy, but we're not as busy as we used to be. And shout out to the people in the other countries that listen more than the people in my own country. Shout out to Rwanda, to Ireland. Um, when last time you shared it with someone? Uh, about three, four weeks ago. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but um, I have receipts. Oh, you got receipts. All right, I'll, I'll look at that in a second. I'll look at it in a second. Um, what, the other thing is, this is the... Uh, this is the end of the year, so we're coming to a close. Um, believe it or not, Felicia's going to close this out for me. I think it's one more after this. But uh, you'll be hearing this on Christmas Eve, so Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy holidays, all of that. Please don't be out here buying gifts that you don't need to buy. Just be the best gift you can be to people. And... Uh, Give them the gift of this podcast. I appreciate everybody that gives money to this podcast. It allows me to uh, get the equipment that I get. All of that is great. Um, Felicia can attest that I got some fancy stuff in here. Really fancy. Right. So I appreciate those who give. Um, those who've given in the past and don't give anymore. I just appreciate it. If you gave a dollar, 50 cent, or you gave... Uh, more than that it's all a blessing and uh, I couldn't do this without you guys um, what else what do I usually say in the intro since you listen what else do I do let's get to it <laughs> oh Jesus it's going to be one of the episodes <laughs> um, uh, obedience over audience that's the goal that's the key and uh since we have an audience, let's get to it, right? That is what I say. You just didn't get the first part. Um, and you threw me off because I usually don't do it till the song is done. And it was still three seconds left. But yeah, there we go. <clears throat> so I have Felicia Jenkins here. Like I said, I'm happy to have her back. Do you know what episode number you were on? I I was on two, so I know one of them is like, was it one of You was on two? Yeah, I was on two. I, the first one was about um, addiction, mm-hmm. and the second one was, um, oh gosh. It's, oh, the second one was when we went outside. 
Yeah, and it was about faith, but I forgot what you named it. Um, yeah, it was some because it was uh, convoluted. Uh, I can't, I can't no, 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 because I no, no, no phones because I don't want you to be distracted. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, happy to have you back for a third time, and it won't be the last time. I, I, I intend to try to keep you uh, connected in this way. I think it's helpful for you. Very therapeutic. I don't like that word. It is though. It's not therapeutic. It is spiritually important for you to. Hear the word. Hear yourself talking about the word. Amen. I'll receive that. Therapy is a catch-all term. If you went to the spa right now and got your feet massaged, that would be therapeutic. You're right. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Therapy connects to how we feel. The word is not concerned with how we feel. Not at all. So a lot of times people come to church and say they felt feel better having heard the word or been in church. And in that way, church has become therapy for a lot of people. But church shouldn't be therapeutic. It should be spiritual. It should be life-changing. Amen. Therapy does not change your life. No. So I, there's a there's a um a thing that's going on. This is not what we're supposed to be talking about, but just since she said it, it's important. There's a thing that's going on about people saying you can have Jesus and therapy. I seen somebody with a t-shirt that had that on there. Oh, for real? You can have Jesus and therapy. And I want you to know, you want to go to therapy, that's fine. But understand that what is therapeutic is is not connected to what is needed for your heart. Therapy is not a, a matter of the heart. It's a matter of emotion. It's a matter of how you feel. Yeah. When I leave that place, I feel like I was able to talk things out. I feel like I was able to vent. So I feel better. There was a release, but there was not a change. Exactly. Right. The part of us that gets that release can get it from anywhere. I don't even need to go to a therapist. I can just call my best friend or my good, good girlfriend. Talk to her for two hours about how I hate whatever it is I hate or hurt from whatever it is that hurt me. And the problem still be there. It's problem still there. I just feel better about the problem. For that moment. For that moment. Yeah. But it doesn't allow the problem to change because it doesn't change me. Exactly. And the only thing that changes our problems is when we change our way of thinking. That's true. And if a therapist can change the way I think, I would be the first one there. Yeah. And I would pay them whatever they ask for. Because, you know, I've done tried it and I'll probably still call you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the crazy thing is like, we constantly warn with that too. It's like, I know that for you, the way you feel about calling me is the way I feel about talking to my mom. Yeah. And there's times where I have to catch myself to make sure that she's not my therapy. Exactly. Instead of us going to the word and yeah. talking to God. Or or um, taking what she says as something to change my heart, not so much to make me feel better. Exactly. To apply it versus... To, to apply it. To get me half for the moment. Yeah. Because yeah. if you think about it, it's like, it's the whole reason why there's people who... Um, like they're into the scented candles and the lotions and stuff like that. It's like there's something you can apply that gives you a, a, a good feeling. But when but it doesn't deal with the thing that stressed you out in the first place. And that's so true because I'll, I'll call and, and I get what I want. And then you still, it don't work if you hang up with the person, whether it's you or whomever. 
you go right back to the thought that you already was thinking. So you ain't even try to apply it to your your own. Yeah, at all. Because that's the scary thing is too that if it's something I need to constantly apply to my heart to make me feel better, as opposed to something I apply to my thinking. Yeah. Then every time I feel bad, I got to call force. And you know what? Recently, I did a three day phone fast because that's my problem. I, I, I want. I didn't know it was a name for it. That's the name for it. Where, where did you get that from? Do you use like a three day phone fast? No, it's not a name. I just was like fasting is something that that could, you know, take away something that give you give a lot of time to and kind of have a sense of control over you. And one thing with me is when I feel some type of way before going to my word Mm -hmm. that I'm recognizing now is I immediately go to someone that can give me the word, not only give me the word. Um, just tell me what it is I, I kind of want to hear, even if it's not all that I want to hear, but out of it, I know they support me. So you're going to give me the truth, but however, you still going. Cause it's a certain part of it that just feels good to have somebody concerned for you. Number one. Yeah. Thinking about you. Number two, and care about you in a way that is beyond the typical care that you are tired of. Yeah. Because we all get tired of that. I deal with that as a male, that I'm in a space where, I mean, just in general, there are more women than men. But especially in the the demographic of church, there are more women than men. You know what I mean? So when you're in that situation, you can find yourself, and this is why there's a ton of pastors, like the one that just got in trouble, who find themselves caught up with women and infidelities because it's easy for women to gravitate towards someone who makes them feel seen or wanted or needed. And that that's, that's therapeutic. But when we deal in the therapy, it gets messy. You're right. Just like you go into those, uh, those massage places. And then all of a sudden you see, they get raided by the cops because they given more than just the typical massage. Yeah. The same thing with the church. (laughs) <laughs> they, yeah, they get, go in and vent and then crying. Yeah, yeah, they like, give more than the typical massage. Or even if you take it to outside of that, just venting or having therapy between uh, a person, it could get messy if someone exposed something that you didn't even want them to expose. So all of that can can lead to messiness. I I didn't think that far into it when it came to, you know. Just throwing out the word therapeutic or mm-hmm. therapy. Yeah, you know, the only reason I did is because I noticed it's a thing now. And I remember, <laughs> tell you a quick little story. No, no, you, you um, got a few I, um, I was um, talking to someone about I wanted to do therapy. Mm-hmm. And said, no, don't do it. You know, I don't think that's, you know, good or whatever, whatever. But me being Felicia was like... I'm gonna try anyway. Being mm-hmm. hard headed because this is this was this is a very wise person I should have listened to. Yeah. And the exact same thing that she told me on that phone was gonna happen. <laughs> Shout out Mama Ho. <laughs> Cause how many how many wise people you think you was gonna tell? You think you just gonna throw the word yeah, wise in there? You know, I'm, I don't even We don't know a lot of wise but people. She she was like, Don't you do it? And I yeah. was like you know what, I'm Felicia, so I'm, I'm just, I'm going to try it, I get it, and that's my, and that's what I'm learning not to do anymore, because sometimes when you get that from someone, you got to take that, you can't, like, it's, it's, she's not saying don't do it, because she just don't want me to do it, right, you know, 
she knows what comes behind that. But why why is it that we we have that immediate reaction when someone tells us not to do something? Because what you just you did a disclaimer, and I don't mind the conversation not going to what I want to talk about. I think it'll end there anyway. But you did a disclaimer, and you said this is a very wise person. Yeah. But you still heard what they said, and it and came did what I wanted to do. Did what you wanted to do. Can you walk me through? I know how that is with people we don't regard as wise. Yeah. There's tons of people that tell me things, and I don't respect their intelligence or their wisdom. I think with me, um, but you respect this person's wisdom. Oh no, most definitely. But you still didn't listen. Just being <laughs> hard headed. Do you just, feel like they could have explained it to you more? Um, I really think she broke it down. Like, <laughs> oh, she really yeah, took she, the time. She, she did. She, she didn't did. just say no. She didn't know. No, so no, she didn't she sound like a blind the, church person that just was averse to something. No, no, no. We had a whole conversation about it, and um. And it and everything she said was was the truth because it ended up happening. Yeah. And um, I think that what made me probably just do what Felicia wanted to do mm-hmm. is just a part of a part of my growth and seeing that I I'm that type of person that I got to get out of my head that it ain't what Felicia always want to do. Yeah. You know, I might just have someone that knows what's best for me that Mm. God may be talking to them. And I'm sitting here basically dismissing and doing what I want to do to only get it blown back up in my face. And I probably need to call her and tell her. (laughs) Yeah, you should. You should. Or she could listen to the podcast. No, I know. But I'm just saying. It it, it blew back up in my face. (laughs) You were absolutely right. Um, I'm. Oh, and we'll talk more. In what way, without getting too much into details, what are the what is one of the reasons why you feel like it wasn't productive? One of the reasons, one of the things that you saw, that you felt was wasn't productive, that it was more reductive. And, and I, I always people don't use that word enough. Reductive. I was about to say, go into depth about the, that word. The opposite yeah. of productive is reductive. Mm. So we people are always talking about. Things that are producing, we don't understand there's things in our life that take away. Yeah. Like everything isn't just either building or nothing at all. Mm -hmm. There are things that are cancers to our life because they reduce us. Mm -hmm. They don't produce in us. They reduce us. And so um, that's just a whole other thing. But what's one of the things that you felt it, it wasn't productive? Therapy wasn't productive without getting into specifics. Honestly, because it was just like me calling and had somebody just tune in. It really did not give me the tools that I really needed to apply to the situation I was trying to deal with. It kind of was just like, okay, well, I'm going to sit here and you talk about it and da-da-da-da-da, but it wasn't no homework uh, with it. For example, you know, I might call you and you might say, oh, well, you need to meditate on Jeremiah 419. And then you call me back and we... we Jesus, what is Jeremiah? I don't even know what Jeremiah 419 is. <laughs> I'm just throwing the scripture out there. All right, I know, but Let's you got to be careful. Because we, we look it up and it'd be like, <laughs> kill all the babies in it. <laughs> I'm like, you, she's no. like, why did you have her meditate on that? No, Please. but what I'm saying is that, you know, right. instead of... Especially what I'm, what I'm seeking right now, and that's to live obedient by the word of God. So me 
basically moving out of emotion and yeah. wanting that emotional high from somebody to be like, well, yeah, so you are, you make perfect sense and you doing it this way and that's yeah. correct. And you know, you could fix this a little bit and da, 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 and that don't do nothing. Well, why should I, it, it ain't nothing but a, you know, it becomes a blame game. So, yeah, I, I get yeah, that. Yeah. And, but that's one of the things that, that is crazy. And the thing that you said that I thought was, uh, was very, uh, very insightful is <laughs> the, that uh, people will people have a hard time understanding that just because somebody's tuning in doesn't mean that they're actually connecting you to a truth. Exactly. And the flip side of that, which is why therapy in the church is like a weird thing, is that because you can go somewhere and somebody can hear what is going on in your life and give you actionable things. Mm-hmm. And so we can say, hey, this is this is better than church because I got a whole laundry list of things they told me to do. They told me I need to go home, be nicer, be respectful, uh, be considerate, be mindful. But all those actions that they're telling you take a certain type of heart to do. Exactly. And since they can't change that heart, you're never going to be able to apply that. You're never going to be able to manifest those actions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, that's the crazy thing. Like, we can look at people and we can say, uh, I'm going to teach y'all how to get rich. Mm-hmm. Put them all in a room and you say, the way, the best way to get rich is to work hard. Give the best you can. Give all the effort. People, Some people going to leave there and be like, bet, now I know what I got to do. I got to work hard. And somebody else is going to say, bet, work hard and then go home and be just as lazy as they always was. Because listening to someone tell you what is right is different than people actually giving you the truth that can change you from wrong to to right. right. And therapy is therapeutic in a sense that it tells us very true and actionable things, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't tell us how to, we can cause our hearts to fall in line with those actions. Like everybody and their mama know that the Bible talks about love Mm and loving one another. And you know, you know what I'm saying? Like all of us know, you know the exercise in love it is can be the answer to everything. It can. Be. You could be sitting outside before you walk in the house and be like, "I can't go in here with this attitude. I gotta love. I gotta act. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard thing to do. And then walk through them doors and something, and you see something, hear something, smell something, even that triggers what? Not, not love. love. Not love at all. And you like frustrated because you're like, I know what's right, but I still can't manifest that. I still can't do that. That's where therapy is tricky. You're right. I, every time I, like when I recognize that I'm I'm not, now that you say acting out of love, and then like, and then I, I will have that little self-talk and be like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and da 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 Because you're being your own be, therapist at that time. Exactly. Like, you give yourself a pep talk. And then that moment that I go in there, the just I, if it's something I already felt that can be and it's be, like, it just sends, what happens to love? It is no more love. It's, it's no more love. <laughs> so Because I never know how to navigate the mountain that is my emotion. Hmm. And, when, and that, even that sounds psychologist like did I just say that like literally if I had a, di- uh, a diploma on my wall <laughs> it's like somebody just said mountain of my emotions yeah. yes yes 
so deep. Snap, snaps. But the thing is, you still go home and can't conquer that mountain. Not at all. We're we're trying to tap into something that is not naturally our inclination. Like if I get said, I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars to do a split. Mm-hmm. You can get out the car. You can stretch. Limber up, but if you ain't did no splits, you ain't, gonna you ain't getting yeah. in no split. Yeah, you can try, but it ain't gonna happen. And I might give you the whole day, and then be sitting here like, sister, <laughs> it ain't have, that split ain't happening. Why? Because you're not naturally set up that way. Yeah, and neither were those people. The thing is, they just practiced it more. Yeah, we get you. Get what I'm saying. Yeah. You practice something long enough, you can get your body to do things you never, never thought, thought it could do. But when they do it, it's supernatural. It supersedes the natural. And that's the problem. We don't want to go back. We just want to be lazy. We just want to be lazy. Well, You're not going to just slam down your legs. Because the moment, the moment that I want to act out of love and I'm... I'm tested with acting out of love in the craziest situation. The reflex happens. Oh, my gosh. The, right the thing that is second nature to you will always happen until you rehearse something so much. It becomes second nature. Mm. But that can't happen in therapy. No, that happens on the job. And the perfect example of that is, you know, having had to be trained and had to train people before. And one of the things that you do is teach people how to drive. Yeah. You understand that just because they sat and passed the book test. Doesn't mean. Doesn't mean you're going to toss them the keys and they're not going to drive right into a wall. Yeah, exactly. Because knowing something is different. Versus practicing. Man, I was one of those people. I killed that paper test. I was like, oh, driving in the rain, you got to do this, that. You're passing lane, oh, of course. You, you can, can pass on the talk. left. Yeah. <laughs> talk that talk. You put me in. I was 23 when I got my license. And that's, you put I me in that car. I don't live my life like that. Anymore. I was there for, I could talk that talk. You put me in a situation, I don't, may not know what's going on. I can talk that talk, but was I backing it up? Was I actually doing what they call it, OJT, on-the-job training. Yeah. I was not. You wasn't. I wasn't. I was taking, you know, other people's training and applying it to the best of my knowledge. Yeah. And, again, it, it goes back into a whirlwind, and it just be a bunch of BS that you eventually get exposed for. How many hours yeah. does a person have to drive with you before you feel they're ready to go take the test? Uh, well, through the law, supposedly six hours, uh-huh. but would I, as an instructor, recommend six hours? No. How many hours would you recommend? Uh, at least 60. At least 60. At times least... 10. Yeah. So what is recommended times 10 for you? Why do you feel like it should be more? Because you, it's not even only about getting behind that wheel and able to stay in your own lane. It's how it's knowing how to properly turn. It's knowing how to be able to manage looking in those mirrors and seeing around your vehicle quite often. To have a level of comfort exactly. in a place you're not familiar with yet. Yeah. You've never drove in your life. You get six hours and then they like, go take the driving test. And then you pass and you get out here. No. Or, or if you didn't pass. I didn't pass. I took yeah. those six hours with somebody. I did not even get to leave. Yeah. The little starting place. I 
he wow. cut the car on, put it in gear. He said, put it back in park. Why? Because he didn't have I didn't buckle on. my seatbelt. Yep. I said, well, can I buckle it now? And we get started. He's like, no, we're done. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> life. Yeah, that hurt me because no, everything in life we, we think is supposed to be. Oh, yeah, you messed up. So here's another chance. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. There are things that we're missing out on. Opportunities. Relationships. We're missing out on because we think we can just do it over. Oh, I messed oh, that man. up with, with that person. So let me. He go. hates my guts. I just need a new guy. I need a new person. That, that'll fix it. I already screwed that over. Do you get what I'm saying? And then you go into the next situation the same way, and then that's over. And before you know it, you're just going in a hole. Same cycle. way. It, yeah. it's a, it, it, this is a wonderful parallel because the reality is, is that we need time. Yeah. And we're never giving ourselves that time in the word and practicing the word. You know, about my own truth, I had to, and I learned that through going through opening the business, mm-hmm. um, is I had to stop trying to finesse. And I'm not trying to rhyme, but stop trying to finesse and trust the process. Because, <laughs> no, seriously, because I always try to figure out little shortcuts Around stuff to go faster, faster instead. Now I have to name this podcast that. I'm so serious. No, I'm serious. Don't finesse the process. Don't finesse the process. You got to go through it. Hey, people don't really come on here and give me titles. Oh. Look at what you just did. You just summed it up. There's no way. It's like, I love the parallel of driving because there's no way to fake it. Yeah. You either know it or you don't. That's it right there. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, it's not that deep. You know how you could talk your way through a lot of stuff? Mm-hmm. You could talk your way out of a lot of things and people will assume you know what you're doing. People know if you could drive or not. Yes, they do. They know if you're comfortable in the car or not. They know if you know your way around or not. Mm-hmm. That's how we are. As church people, as Christians, I think that all of us are familiar, like you said, with the idea of driving or of living right. Like you said, we can talk the talk. Yeah. I've been talking the talk more th- before I ever even walked the walk. Yeah, and it's a lot to walk the walk. Sis, People just, and, and that's that's where it gets tricky because, and if people don't know the definition of finesse, and that means, <laughs> you know, just taking shortcuts, shortcuts to try to get to the finish line or... There's no quick way. There's no quick way. There's no quick... Like I, I, I'm going to say it fully so people can get this. There's no quick way to a change. Not at all. There's no quick way. There is not a Dr. Miami for your heart. No. And it, and it all starts with your self-truth. If you're not ready to, you know, deal with self and the truth about yourself... Is is not gonna ever change. Yeah, you know you gotta be. I had to be real myself and be like, as as confident as you are, you're a people's pleaser. Yeah, you know I had to say like literally say that to myself. And you know how I many times I used to tell myself I didn't care what people. Everybody cares what people think. Everybody cares, and they should. You should of course, care. if you I'm living care. right, I should care that people see me in that life. Yes. If I'm doing wrong and they see that I supposed to, that should be a problem. Perfect example of this. And I'm I'm not referencing to anybody. I shouldn't have to say that, but I have to say it. It's just, it's so commonplace. That's where cliches come from. Enough people do it that it becomes a thing where everybody feel like you're talking about them when you say it. 
Exactly. So you see black people eat fried chicken and it's a stereotype because guess what? We like fried chicken. Yeah. There are so many people who women in the church who serve God, yeah. or at least they think they do. And everybody has a high opinion of them except for their spouse. Yeah. They spend the most time with their spouse. Well, he should. They spend. They are the most intimate with that person. Mm-hmm. Everybody else only know you from a surface, but they think you the most amazing Christian in the world. But when you ask this man, this man don't want to even come to church with you because he don't respect the life you live. That should be a problem. That should be a problem. She if can I'm easily in that walk. She can easily say he's a hater. And I've heard this out of people's mouths. He's a hater or he doesn't like me coming to church or he doesn't. He's not into God. I don't care if he into God or not. He would be able to acknowledge that something's different about you. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not into God. He could be an atheist for all I care. But I think he would be able to be honest and say, you know what? But my wife loves. And you know, and you know what? Like all these years of growing up and, and just being in and out of church. Mm hmm. My biggest thing when it came to fully committing my life was I I didn't I know that if you're doing the right thing, your light shines, whether it's in your household, your circle, everything. People going to see you. So I always used to be like, if I'm not going to do it right where I know I see people lives changing around me, Mm -hmm. then I I just rather back away. And I literally that's how I used to not get so connected to to the word when I was younger I just come and go come and go and come and go because like I said we get so caught up with talking that talk and, and versus really if I'm a talking you gonna know that I'm walking it I don't want you to I can sit here and say that I'm living the right way all of this time and praying which I do however but if I'm not living out of love if I'm not showing that action in my household to every conversation I have on the phone to all of that around the people that's in my house how do I ever experience Expect for them to come and want to serve the God that changed my life. Perfect example of that. To go back, I'm going to keep using the parallel of driving because it's what you do. And if you're looking for a driving instructor and you're in the DMV area, learn you can to go turn. to learn to turn. Um, I was about to say go to the website. <laughs> <laughs> but just learn to turn and stay tuned. Yeah. But the reality is, it's like even with insurance. I used to think it was so unfair that I'm being judged by one accident. Yeah. I just had one accident, but y'all going to raise my rates up. Or even the people in your neighborhood and their accidents, because you know your zip code matter too. Really? Of the accidents around that happens or the traffic. So that depends on your rate too. So now I'm getting penalized because I might be a great driver no but i'm accident. surrounded by people. people that drive reckless Ooh. that has accidents so now i'm being put in a in a i'm putting being put in a bubble with these people just because i'm in the so look at that yeah so you have people to say they tell you they're good drivers and they're like great i'm glad you're a good driver but we have on here that you've been in three major accidents yeah that's my past i'm a good driver now they're like we can only go by What's on your record? What's on your record? And so you have these people who keep telling us that they're Christians, but there's accidents everywhere. Yep. There's, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing but chaos in their life. And we expect people to forgive us 
like God forgive us. Yeah. So those people sit here and be like, yeah, I did. And that was the past. And but it don't work like that. It don't work like that because you saying that to people, people still like, yeah, you did do that in the past. And I mean, I knew that was still you. Every little hiccup is I need to see just like the insurance company says they need to see consistency. That's it right there. Hey, I know you say it's the past, but you just got in this accident a year ago. Yeah. And that's oh, my gosh. Thank you, Lord. But um, that gave me because I'm so like. I see the change in myself, mm-hmm. but I still have people to be like, no, but I know you, you knew me maybe six months ago, but have you been in tune with the person that I am today? But this is why we have to really challenge people to live in the reality of sweetie. We need to see consistency. Consistency, you gotta. I know yeah. you. I know what you're saying. I know you like. I know I've been a jump rope for a long yeah, time. Yeah, in and, and out, in and out. And how? so, to, to in their mind, they are fair and to give that assessment of. You. No, I, I don't. I don't. That's what I'm saying. It's it just. It helps you. It, it motivates me when we talk often, and even in my upset moments, I'd be like, I cannot go back and it's not based on people it's just i know that going back to that person is not going to produce anything good no type of good fruit of me going back into them because selfish moments because it's so much that weighs on it exactly. you know what i'm saying like just like getting in accidents raises your rates we got to understand getting in accidents in our lives raises the stakes for everything everything Am I telling the woman who had a baby at 15 that she can't go to college? No. Am I telling her that she has raised the rate? That she can succeed? Yes. Yeah. Everybody's looking now and thinking you are more susceptible to stumbling and not succeeding because of what you have done. That's the truth. And I want, if I had a daughter, I'd be telling her, you need to look at this man you with. Pay attention. Learn his history before you start trying to make history with him. That's true. Because if he's not changed, come on. And and then this is our favorite line. Everybody changing their own time. Everybody changing their own time. Guess what? So guess what we're going to do? Since you in your own time, I'm going to give you time. Hey. You get that room. I know everybody's path is different. And I know, guys, my path, I I guys, I'm celebrating 20 years. I gave my life to Christ at 19. So some people think that's early, but I kind of wish I realized that four years before 19 so that yeah. I wouldn't have made the decisions that I made that irrevocably changed my life. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I, everybody feels they're, they're late to the party when it comes to understanding but I'm going on 20 years of being saved, 16 years of being a minister. And I'm telling you, there is a price to pay for not choosing right. And you have to understand that that price sometimes costs you relationships. Yes, it does. Sometimes it costs you reputation. It costs, it costs you, you trust. It costs you decision making. That's, that's what it boils down to. You got to make a decision. You're going to be with this or you're going to be with that. But isn't that what makes a good driver? Yeah. Is the person finally is behind the wheel. You got to see, the ha- see the danger and plan your work. Exactly. Do they have what it takes to make sound decisions? We know you can get in the car. 
We know you can get behind a wheel. I know you can cut it on. I know you know all the rules of the road. But depending on the situation, are you a sound driver based on the decisions you make? You wanted your whole life, all of us did, to be independent, to get a chance to be behind the wheel of our life. Yeah. Only for us to make bad decisions. They have cost us many things. Yes, it has. And that that reality is what drives us. And to tie it all into what you said, the only way you can take it to the next level is that you're honest and true about yourself. Yeah. And so what we wanted to talk about today, and we'll touch on it a little bit, but the reality is, is that in order for you to actually grow, you have to be naked. Yeah. You have to be naked. What does it mean to be naked? I'll tell you what I think, and then I I, I want to hear what Felicia thinks of, of what I'm saying. To be naked is has little to do with other people's perception of you. It has everything to do with who you see yourself as being. The biggest thing isn't the fact that we try to deceive people. It's the fact that we deceive ourselves. It's the fact that we really think that we're something that we're not. At all. And we've rehearsed it so much. That we say that's me. That we believe it's us, even when the facts around us prove otherwise. That's why I love that the insurance companies don't want to hear it. They just go by what you've done. Mm -hmm. Because everybody wants us to take them at what they present to us. And they're like, no, let's look at what you've done. And so the first step that I would tell you guys is how to get naked is to acknowledge the mess that you've left behind. And understand that that mess is you. It's not everybody else. You look around and if you, Felicia, if you look around, there's chaos all around you. It can't always be everybody else. It can't always be everybody else. (laughs) Oh my gosh. The sitting in this, what is it? In the seat of blame. You're going through life blaming everybody else. You're sitting in that seat of bitterness. And and when you are, and that's, that, that goes back to getting naked. And what I feel about it is, being completely honest and accepting that honesty within self. I don't need you to tell me these things. I'm able to tell you these things about myself. I'm able to sit here and be like, you know what? I have forever been a procrastinator. I have been out here trying to finesse my way through life to have a better life that I ain't want to work for. Yeah. I wanted a good job making good money, but I ain't want to go do the work. Yeah. You couldn't tell me that when people be like, how you offer a summer? Not no, not no vacation for five days. You only been the company for five years. How you got thirty days to be a, finessing? Finessing, finessing my my way to only get to a point when things matter. And you like, dang, if I didn't, if I would have taken it sir, taken it serious back then, then it wouldn't be so hard for even people as 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 much as the person that gives overtime. Like Felicia, I ain't I ain't going there with you. And I'm yeah. like, look at me, I'm I'm serious. I'm not that person. But that, that's the dangerous thing is that not only do we believe we this foolishness, it. we start to move differently according to it. Yeah. So just like that person who said, hey, I am a good driver. And you like, listen, you you just got in an accident last week. I'm not driving with you. You driving with me. Getting the, getting the passenger side. And they like, I feel this ain't right. Like you, people should acknowledge me as being this thing. No, we don't have to. Yeah. Cause consistently proves that. But if I, if I'm not naked, 
from not aware. And one of the gifts that we have, the gift, the gift that came from the curse is what I call it. Is Adam and Eve got the gift of self-awareness. Yeah. So when she bit the apple or the fruit, whatever it is, she they became aware that they were naked. They took from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It is what got them kicked out the garden, but it is a gift for us because our self-awareness drives us to do one of two things. It drives us to hide or it drives us to seek. Yep. The minute they realized they was naked, what did they seek? They tried to hide. They did hide, but they also sought. What did they seek? The father. No, they hid from him. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what. Yeah, you're right. What did they seek? Clothes. They sought clothes. It'd be that simple. Yeah. It'd be that simple. The first thing that you see is you got to ask yourself. They try to cover it up. What am I hiding and what am I seeking? Yeah. The first thing is the natural inclination of the human hasn't gone too far from all those years ago with Adam and Eve. We hide from God. We hide from what he represents, the truth. And we seek disguises. We seek to cover we seek the part of us that we should not have shame for. We now have shame. That's true. The hardest thing about doing this podcast, Felicia, is finding people who don't mind sharing who they are. For better or for worse. Yeah. When you constantly are surrounded by people who are hiding themselves. You find a person who has hid themselves from God. Which he already knows. That's right. Why did he see? He said, why Why are y'all hiding, right? Yeah. Why are y'all hiding? And they told him, because we're naked. He's not. Y'all been walking with him naked for ever. Exactly. He knows the part of us that we hiding from people and hiding from God and trying to hide, trying to hide from God is the part that he's very familiar with. That's what freed me up is the part that I was trying to protect the world from getting to know the person that mattered the most already knew. Yep. I might just be coming to a real reality that I'm a liar. (laughs) (laughs) But one person already knew that unequivocally is God. Already knew it. I don't have any shame. I don't have any shame no more. And so it's hard dealing with. Adults, I love doing podcasts. And then kids. all the people you hiding it from, you go to the only person. You're trying to find your way to the person that already knew instead of just going to him to deal with it in the first place. You feel you like know? you, this is the crazy part. They felt like they had to put clothes on to be presentable to him. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And what is church full of? People who feel like they got to be a certain way to be presentable to God. He really just wants you naked. That's it. So all the things that you know Felicia to be, for better or for worse, he's fine with that. Oh, I know. He's fine with you coming to, you know what I'm saying? Like the conversation that people have, like, I'll know when I'm ready for to be a Christian. I got some things I got to get done first. Like, no, being a Christian is about the journey to nakedness. Yep. It's not about the journey to perfection in the way that we think it. Once I find some proper clothes to cover up my wrong, mm-hmm. I'll come so y'all can look at me and treat me like I'm right. Instead of just coming. The hardest thing in church, Felicia, is for me, 
is being that person who's been a Christian for 20 years and been a minister for 16. No one acknowledges me as a person who is also wrong. Yeah. They have expectations on you. All they have is expectations. Yeah. And so if I do wrong, people are like, Oh my God. Instead of, it's like the way we are in this world. If a man walked up to us right now, opened his trench coat up and was butt naked in there, we would go crazy. Yeah. But he was naked before he was clothed. Do you get what I'm saying? Like there's a comfortability that people should have with nakedness that we don't have. There's people that, and I'm just talking about in a secular form right now. There's people who never even Being see themselves. It's uncomfortable. It's people. uncomfortable. But they could be in the house by themselves. And they're like, oh, let me put some let me put some clothes on. But being uncomfortable does what? Give change. When you're uncomfortable, you, you either going to change it. Or accept it. Or accept it. But that, that's the reality. I think that the biggest key, and, and we speak against it in church, and, and this, con- this conversation is just about acceptance. Yeah. You can get to the change later. Everything starts with acceptance. Accepting your flaws, accepting you have your to wrong, accept accepting your part, not sitting, I want to blame uh, my mom, my cousin, my friend for what they did 10 years ago. Yeah. I want to blame the first guy that ever broke my heart because this one seemed to have the same. Like all of that stuff is just stuff you carry on and can't be taken to. I'm learning that I, first of all, had to acknowledge all my parts that I played in, anything that I even with people that I might have felt did me wrong. Because all that stuff is distracting. Because all that stuff is closed. Exactly. If I got, if you come to church and the pastor has to deal with that surface stuff, he never gets to deal with your nakedness because that's not naked. No. So people think that they being forthright or they being open and honest when they start telling you things they did to people. Yeah. I don't get, this is not a confessional. Huh? I said what you did to yourself. What's praying for? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> no because look, getting low for what? You yeah. know what I mean, and that that wasn't like. But, but the, the reality is, is like all those situations that happen, traumas that happen to us, or traumas we've committed to people, are surface. They don't deal with the issue. Yeah, it's just clothes you put on. And so that's why people are comfortable with churches dealing on the surface because we never get to get to. The real thing. So I'm talking to you about your daddy touching you and how that turned into you never knowing how to treat men or find a good man. But none of that is the case. That's that foolishness of therapy, though. Yeah. We want to connect dots to things that are surface. That's the clothes. That is not the thing. Mm -hmm. No more than dressing like a prostitute makes you a prostitute. That is not the thing. So we see a girl with a short skirt on and say, look at that fast butt. She might not be. Maybe not be. The only thing that can assess that is her heart. It's not the clothes that makes the person. It's the heart that picks the clothes. Yep. <laughs> it, that's one of the things, the conversations when we, I have conversations with people about modesty. And they say, you know, y'all focus on clothes. Like, no, I'm not focused on clothes. The clothes is not the definition the clothes were picked by a person. Why did that girl look at that and say, I want to wear that? 
Do you get what I'm saying? It's not her wardrobe. It's the person that selected those clothes. What is it that she see that attracts her and is desirable to her to wear? Or or what is it that she's seen? She see, but what is it that she's seen to make her think that it's okay to wear that little skirt and not even do the research of what comes behind that little skirt? But what that's that's that the thing. Skirt. It, when we're we're in that place where everybody wants to treat church like therapy, where we want to know why. Yeah. We don't need to know why. I want to know who. Yeah. Because that girl and the way that she thinks and stuff, I got to make sure I say this right. And I think I said it to you the other day. And so I just say it that way. It's this simple. Your The things in your past might be the reason you face certain things, but they're not the reason you're still facing. Yeah, you said that to me. That yeah. So you have this young girl who may have had traumas that have shaded her vision and her perspective of the world and made it hard for her to connect outside of just sex. Yeah. But she's not that little girl no more. She's a grown woman. She's a grown woman. So why are you still? Because you're not, that trauma doesn't exist anymore in one in one respect. Well, I could apply that to myself. Um, maybe to get people to like sympathize with you. To sit there and, and, and feel bad for you. Now, Little pe- ways to finesse but again. Pe- but people would say, and it is a finesse, but people would say that's unfair to people who are going through things and who have dealt with traumas and stuff. And I want you to know I'm talking as a person who has dealt with trauma and actually a person who has given trauma to other people. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you the shame of being the perpetrator of trauma or being the victim of trauma is the same in the sense that I'm in order for me to remain hurt. I have to relive hurt. Hurt people, hurt people. And case in point, Felicia, <laughs> I let's say I, uh, I was molested mm-hmm. all this time as a 39 year old man. It's shaded how I deal with women, shaded how I deal with men Shaded how I trust the church. Let's say it all happened at church, mm-hmm. right? We got this whole thing going on. All of a sudden, I'm walking down the street and a branch could fall off a tree and bunk me in the head. Mm-hmm. And now I don't have no memory of none of that. None of it. So now I got to learn to do it all over. Now, people, at, people ask me about trauma and I'm like, what trauma? All of a sudden, I'm magically healed. I don't deal with any of the things. It comes from that trauma because I don't what? Remember it. Remember it. The Bible tells us to rehearse things or meditate on things. It's telling us that because what we remember is what we are. As a man thinketh, so is he. he. These people, I'm telling y'all, y'all think about your trauma all the time. You are your trauma. Mm. That's true. And it, it takes over. Do you have people awesome. in your life that represent something traumatic from your past? Uh, yeah. When you look at them, do you see them now or you see them then? 
Depending on the situation or the, situation. the emotion that I'm in at that moment. It, it really don't depend on your emotion. It depends on if they do something that reminds you. Exactly. That take you back to that. Because I, I was just having a conversation. Something that, you know, someone may do. And it takes me back to that little girl or that Triggers young. you to exactly. an emotional memory, a physical memory of who that person was. Now you're not treating them like who they are. Because you're responding based on that trauma, and that's the thing that 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 I, I I need to learn to deal with and learn how to. I know that you know you just don't forget things that happen, but learn to not to not go back to those places. Because you gotta think about. Let's let's say, let me just. People will say things, and like you said, they might say it long enough, and you questioning yourself: Is it so? Even if you know that it ain't so, but they am I perceiving myself to be this way? That Because you talking about when I was 16 and I had family members that say I was a fast, hot tail, but didn't know. Well, let's not even go off of what. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is it. What I'm saying is that. I know. Me, I'm, you're saying something that's right. I just want to ask you a question. Their perception of you at 16, do you feel it was a fair assessment? No, I don't think that. You they, don't feel like you were what they thought you were? No, I don't feel like I was. What did you feel you were? I felt like that I was a, a young girl that was able to do things that um, I shouldn't have been able to do Did, and had the freedom that I shouldn't have been able to have at that age. But that young girl didn't walk around like, I want to be a fast butt, number one. And as she was being one, was like, I'm a fast butt. I don't think so. Don't, you don't think so. No. All she was doing was whatever. She had the freedom to do whatever she felt. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's labels. I just want you to understand. It's labels. Mm -hmm. When we do whatever we feel, that takes different forms. Yeah. You could have felt like staying in the house and not going nowhere. And nobody would have stopped you from doing what you felt. We only stop people from doing what they feel when it makes us feel away. That's selfish. Yes. That's selfish. selfish. Because that's church people. That girl can do whatever she wants as long as she ain't opening her legs for nobody. Yeah. But we're never teaching her how to not do what she wants, even if what she does doesn't make me uncomfortable. So she never learns how to give up her desires for God. Mm. She just learns how to change her desires to please you. Yeah. Church people raise monsters. Sometimes it looks like a fast butt girl. Sometimes it don't. But at the end of the day, that's more clothes. They rather put the clothes of a, a fast butt on you than to deal with the naked person who is literally just doing what she has been allowed to, to do. do. That's it. Yeah. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to break that down for people because even when we talk about our past, we wear the clothes people gave us. Yeah. No, I was just a child who should not have been able to do certain things. Exactly. And if somebody told me no, and here's the thing. This is the reason why it's hard to teach young people. Maybe someone should have told the adult. <laughs> but they, they, somebody would have had to teach them to even learn how to raise people. Yeah. Because the way you raise people is not, don't be this, be this. Yeah. The way we teach people is how to become, not how to be. I want to teach you how to be a woman. As a young person, womanhood was defined a certain way. 
this is not a, a indignation or a, a indictment against your mother. This is the stuff we talking about is commonplace for black culture. Yeah. What in your mind as a young person did you identify with womanhood? Um, I, I can't been able to date guys. Guys. Um, beauty. What does that relate to? Um, just your whole style of your body. Yeah. What you put on the body, how the body's shaped, mm-hmm. how the body is presented. Yeah. To who? To the opposite sex. Absolutely. Not to women, not to culture, not to your boss or your workplace, but to men. Yeah. So womanhood w- was defined as I have to be palatable or desirable to men. Yeah. Until I'm desired by men, I'm not a woman. Do you get what I'm saying? They're the ones that will validate my womanhood. Until the time when they look and they don't look past me. Because you know the feeling of when you're a little girl and they look past you. Yeah, like, yeah. Get out of the way, girl. Who you playing with? Get out of the way. All of a sudden, you're not the person they look past. You're the person they look at. at. Now I feel like a what? Woman. Bang. So who going to teach the adults that that doesn't define womanhood? Because you didn't get that from your own brain. You got that from what? Your own eyes. Of what I've seen. What you've seen. You've seen women pursuing that. You've seen more women sitting in a mirror putting makeup on than you saw sitting in a word getting makeup. Right? Yep. I just was talking about this with my nephew on the podcast. Like, why? I, if I had a daughter, I wouldn't want her messing around in makeup at a young age. Yeah. Not because makeup is a sin, but because I don't want her to feel like, here's the starter kit for womanhood. Oh, yeah. We kind of just had that conversation. Yeah, someone else. Put your nails on. Put your makeup on. Get a nice weave. I'm helping this young lady understand herself to be something to others, not something to herself or to her God. Do you, yeah. Right? No, I just had that conversation last night in a different aspect of um, someone allowing their ch- their child um, boyfriend to come over the house and watch a movie. And, they, and I was just like, I feel like that's teaching them Netflix and chill. You're not teaching your child how to be properly taken on a date to actually have conversation, not in a, a, a closed and intimate situation as a young teen. I, I feel like so it goes back to what you're saying is like what you teaching them as growing up or how they define dating or somebody spending time with them. We know as adults already. What, do we? Well, that, that's the thing. Do we? We we learn by the things we suffer, but I don't know if we know them because somebody taught them to us. Yeah. And there's so many things about it that we had to learn through trial and error. Yeah. But who ever taught those things? Like, I would tell that young lady, how old was she? Oh, uh, Like 15. I would tell her, and it would seem unreasonable to most people, I would tell her, no, you don't need to be on any dates. Yeah. Why? Why can't she date? She needs to be able to be comfortable around people the opposite sex. So let's have them have an opportunity to hang with each other. 
Yeah. But understand, this is not this is not your boyfriend. This is a person. Yeah, exactly. Because if they think about all the relationships you've had with the opposite sex, you know what I'm saying. Once it lead, once it's not in the veneer of emotion, sometimes you start you see things clearly and like, what is it about you? What was I thinking? Right. Yeah. Because all these we've ever been taught is cater to your emotions. Emotions. What you feel. And guess what people's favorite thing is? Because I had this conversation with one of my girlfriends. And she was like, well, it's just not that. It's the chemistry. And I'm like, shut up. You ain't even passed chemistry. What is chemistry? Okay. <laughs> what is chemistry? Yeah. What, tell me what's feelings. chemistry. It's a cuter word for feelings. Yeah. Because like, nobody wants to say I'm making the whole life decisions based on how I feel. Sensation. I cho- chose who to have children with. I chose who to live the rest of my life with on the feeling he gave me. Yeah. In the pit of my stomach or in in the meeting in between my thighs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's not an indicator for what constitutes as a sound relationship. <laughs> because you might have had some of the most pleasurable experiences with people that you cannot stand at this very moment. Yeah. Because you needed to learn that there was more to life than being someone's object of desire. And nobody taught us that. And when you're when they no longer desire you. What is it? Or when you no longer desire them, oh as the fire's out of our relationship. Uh, the spark you, you, is gone. You taught to run away, walk away. That's how people do. Ne- they will be mad at fifty years old that they never progressed in any any career, yeah. because they operated by what they felt. Yeah. How, hey, buddy, how many people have worked at uh, your company? I don't want to say where you work, but worked at your company who got tired of it, just hated the the run they gave him or whatever, and was like, "I'm out," and now. You're there looking back and saying, I should have stayed with the company. Yeah. I, I, if I just didn't go by my emotions, I would be reaping the benefits of my persistence, of my consistency. It's, it's hard to be persistent. It's hard to be persistent. Hard to be consistent when I am resistant because I don't feel it. I can rhyme too. <laughs> but the re- <laughs> but that, that's, that's the reality. The that's yeah. the reality. So this is just another thing of how nakedness matters because this this woman can't teach this young girl anything when she's not naked. When she don't sit with that girl and say, "Hey, I know you like this boy, mm-hmm. and I know you want to spend time with him." The problem is, is that the way your brain is set up and the way your brain is connected to your emotion bone right now. Yeah. You can't even make sound choices of who to spend time with. That's true. And she like, well, how are you saying that? And this is where the woman has to be naked and say, because I barely know. Somebody make my heart flutter and I make whole decisions and expose you to whole situations. Because of what I felt. You feel me? Like, that's where nakedness takes us. It allows us. It'll, it will allow you to really help to teach your son. Yeah. It will allow you to be able to teach your spouse. You know, you know what I'm saying? It'll allow you. I've become more effective as a minister because I'm honest about who I am. Yeah. 
not, and this is where I, I think I was about to say, and then I think we got sidetracked, but this is a perfect place to end the conversation. Um, cause we, we definitely went long, but the perfect thing that the church needs to realize is that to accept oneself is not to accept one's place. And so the church is always focused on, especially when it comes to people that they don't agree with their lifestyle. How do I tell them they going to burn in hell and also show them the love of God? Because the love of God makes me feel like I'm showing them that I'm okay with who they are. So sometimes we find ourselves torn because we want to love these people, but we also hate where they are. Yeah. And so we, we want to love them. Then we like, you broke, you need a job. Mm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Cause you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we don't want them to feel like we okay with where they at. Like that house guest who can be at your house and you like, I wanted to give them a place to stay, but now it's like, I, they going I, over over bounds, and you like, how do I help them but not hurt them or enable them? And this this is the problem with the church. We don't know how to show people how to accept where they are so they can change. Yeah, without making them feel yeah. like they should stay where they are. Yeah, but we got it requires all of this. I might as well stay where I am. If I'm gonna get these group of people, I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get that. I might as well just. They think that that gives them the right to stay where they are. But there's a way to help someone accept who they are that can lead to change. Yeah. One of the ways is that we start to accept who we are enough to share with them that God loves them just where they are. We're not here to help people in the journey. It's one of the things I had to learn even dealing with you. And it's part of being naked. Right? One of the things I had to learn is that you might not move at the speed I think you should. I feel like I gave you everything you need. And I still see you struggling with certain things. And I'm like, she not listening. But that's not fair. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because my job isn't to be the Lord of your progression. My yeah. job is to be the administer of the truth. And that's it. Yeah. So I can't keep walking past you and be like... Hey, you should be further along than this. Like, what's going on? You should be further. I can't really do that. What I'm supposed to do is give you the truth and remind you of it on a consistent basis because I'm working against whatever you're reminding yourself of. Yeah. So I can tell you all day. Every day I see you, I can tell you God loves you. If when you leave my presence, you rehearsing yourself. That God loves me. That God doesn't love you. Then it doesn't matter what I say. Because everything's time. You say 60 hours behind the wheel. Yeah. I think everybody needs at least 60 hours behind the word. Yeah. I agree. If, if you're not spending time in the word, you're in trouble. You can talk all the things you want to talk to about with a therapist. You could talk to him with me. If you know you're dealing with issues of just being being able to practice love. If you know you're dealing with those issues, those issues are not going to magically change because I told you the truth. If I thought telling Felicia she's she doesn't love was going to help her grow, then I just will keep reminding you who you are all day. Mm -hmm. But what really changes us is the truth. 
And the truth of not about of who you are, but the truth of who God is. The truth that if you rehearse it, the Bible says that it will change you. As a man thinks, so is he. What have you been thinking about all day? Um, Whatever it is. Oh. No, I'm not. I'm not I want you to answer. Oh, okay. I was about to say, yeah, I'm constantly just thinking about get, being a better me. Yeah, but it, it can be even something benign as, like, I asked my nephew one time, I said, he just was in the car staring out of the window, and I said, what are you thinking about? And I thought he was going to say something profound. He's like, think about video games. <laughs> <laughs> and it made me laugh, because I had to realize, like, I've been his age before, where your thoughts went no further than your desire. Yeah. The problem is, is that what happens when you become a grown child? And your thoughts go nowhere further than your desire. Why I gotta help him? Because what happens when his desire is no longer video games, but it's drugs, or women, or money? Now I'm, I, I haven't helped him flex a muscle that takes him to thinking beyond his desire. As a man thinks, so is he. So if all you're thinking about is money, then everything. From the top of your head to the sole of your feet is connected and in tune and seeking money. money. And how can we fix that? You gotta think on something greater. So, yeah, it's a good podcast. What? I think about what, 10 minutes ago, you started nodding off for sleep. I'm coming straight from work. <laughs> straight out of work. Y'all. That's how I know it was time to go. I was like, okay, she gave me a solid 45. I I, I pushed it. Wait, was it helpful? It was, it, was helpful? it was very, very helpful. I think it was too. Um, Let's get naked, y'all. New year. This year has been great. It's been great. It's been challenging because honestly, this year had, had made me have to get naked. Yeah. Had to see some things within myself, and I was able to see things ab- around me. So um, I really, really, really felt yeah. like this year has been a year that I've got. I think it has for a lot of people. I've seen some things out of people I never thought I would see, good and bad. Yeah. And I think that's what this year is doing. It's exposing a lot of what is in us. But uh, and I got some stuff in me. I mean, good stuff. We, we all are. We all do. <laughs> good and bad. I appreciate it, Felicia. Thank you for giving me your time. That's Real Church Matters. I appreciate you guys. Obedience over audience. We're out of here.